Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, remember, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Today's a big college football show, I ain't going to lie to you. Today's a big day where I, we got Phil Steele coming up in an hour, and I just, I, I know we got NFL stuff, we got some NBA stuff coming up, we got Major League Baseball. I'm feeling better I'm feeling better about society, about Major League Baseball, and I'll tell you why in 40 minutes. There's there's a little bit of a glimmer. There's a little bit of a shine to possibly what could happen here in the future. I'm feeling better about professional sports this weekend than I was last weekend. And I'll tell you why at 1040, 1040 Eastern. I'm not going to give away what I can sell, but I had to get into college football today. I know that it's a question of whether or not it's going to happen. I know it's a question about how many teams are going to be able to play. There's great fracturing going on with Pac-12 players and Big Ted players and probably players across the country. We will get into that, I promise. I totally promise. But until they say it's not going to happen, and I'm not going to get into that debate, if you feel college football isn't going to happen, then fine. I'm about 50-50. I think that a lot of players do still want to play, but I also know that that they can take advantage of the circumstances and possibly better their situation. Again, that part coming up later. It's not a debate on whether or not they should. There, there has been the ethical conversation, and I think that's a rightful conversation to have. There has been the ethical conversation of it, but I do think that there are players who want that opportunity. They want that opportunity to be able to play, to be able to play at a high level, and that especially goes for the Power Five. I'm going to be very interested to see what the Big Sky comes up with later on in the spring, what the SWAT comes up with later on in the swing. I'm, uh, uh, later on in the spring. I'm not sure if the MEAC's going to play, but still, 
I, I'm going to still act as if there's some college football going on. I'm still going to act as if there's going to be a season. So I will talk as if there will be a season. Of how many games? Not sure. There's a lot of things we just don't know. And so I can't stand there and act like an expert on it. We'll find out. But I've been looking for some heat with college football and with, it, with one certain rivalry. Because I was, I was looking over some things, and I, tr- I try to scour as much news as I can, folks. I, I really do. And sometimes there's things that I miss. And I saw Quiddy Pay on a podcast who plays for the University of Michigan. I saw Quiddy Pay on a podcast, and I, I thought he said it as right as anybody. And I go, man, Michigan football needs more Quiddy Pays. They need more guys like that. Because I thought he said it best when it comes to that rivalry and what it is with Ohio State and Michigan. That when you have a buildup, when you take five-star blue-chip athletes and you bring them to Ohio State, it is very, very hard to deprogram. By deprogram, it means put them in a spot where they're going to react to you, where they're going to do your bidding. When you're in a man's power, you must do as he bids you. It's very, very difficult to do that. And it's also difficult to take kids when you're getting players from all over the country, it's difficult to take kids from Texas and California and Florida and make them care about Ohio State and Michigan. Make them really believe. You can care about it as a fan, and you can look at it and say, hey, that's one of the great rivalries in professional sports, or in sports in general, not professional sports. This is one of the great rivalries in sports. This is one of the best things going this is a great rivalry, and to play for Ohio State or Michigan should really mean something. But Quiddy Pay, I thought, said it best. Because at Ohio State, you take guys from those states that really have no reason to buy in. That, that, that Ohio State, and where a lot of schools with Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, I, I would throw Oklahoma in this mix too, and, and, and a couple of other schools. You know, Georgia's in that mix, I'd say, as well. LSU is in there as well now. Where the next three years are a stopping point. You want to get your work in. You want to get bigger as an athlete. You want to be better as an athlete. You want to take your coaching the right way. But you're really, and there's no way that a kid's not thinking this now at 17, 18 years old. You want to put something on tape to get you to the next level. This is a business now. And 10, 15 years ago, maybe there were some guys buying into the whole thing. It's a business now. And that kid who's 17 years old, who's been on max prep sites for the last three years, who has had a bunch of different recruiters, and he has boxes and boxes of mails from colleges. He's got people who are aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa who are looking at this and trying to do what's best for for their grandsons or sons or, 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 or young nephews' betterment. This has become a business. And what Ohio State and Alabama do and and what Clemson do, and I I would say Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma doesn't have the hardware of the other three, is that they take the kid, they make him care. They deprogram from the moment they walk on campus, they make him care. They make him care about the rivalry. They take a kid from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and they make that kid care about Ohio State and Michigan, buy into the history, buy into the clock, Watch that clock tick down to Ohio State and Michigan. They live it. They breathe it every single day. And that's something that Urban Meyer did while he was at Ohio State. That was one of the best coaching jobs I think any of us could ever see. I know there is tons and tons and tons of criticism towards Urban Meyer. And I have certainly been one of the people pointing my arrows at him. But credit where it's due, if you're able to take kids 
who are looking to the next level, who want to make that money, who understand that college football, they make a ton of money off of their play. When you make them care about a rivalry that they previously had really no introduction to unless they might have watched it on a Saturday, you're doing a hell of a job. And that's what Quiddy Pay highlighted in a podcast earlier this offseason. Reed said what, what Ohio State does, they bring freshmen in and they make them care. They make them care. They make them obsess with Michigan. And since then, this quote-unquote rivalry has been lopsided. And this rivalry, and I do quote-unquote say it, needs some heat. Because there was one time where easily, and I think this transcends sports. I know that I got a Yankee fan on the other line listening to me right now who's doing a hell of a job in Anthony Pirino. I know that they say Red Sox-Yankees the best rivalry in all I'm the sports. I'm a Mets fan. Oh, you're a Mets fan, Pirino? I hate the Yankees. I beg your pardon. I am sorry. Well, I'm 0 for 1 already. Yeah, get it right. All right, Peter Schwartz is usually with me. Is Belletti at least a Yankee fan? He is. All right, we got Belletti coming up at 1030. Belletti's a big Yankee fan. He'll say Yan- Yankees-Red Sox is the best rivalry in sports. I don't think it is. I think they play too much. I'm a little bit watered down by it. As an outsider, I do not I do not find the type of pageantry that maybe Yankees or Red Sox fans do. I'm sorry. There's other rivalries that I think are special. Army-Navy is on a different level. I think there's a specialness to it that I don't really want to put into sports. It's its own separate category. When it comes to college football, rivalries are what matter. College football is different from the other ones. In the NBA, you really got to be good to have a rivalry. you got to be amazing to have a rivalry. From where I'm at with Cleveland and, and, and Golden State for four years, that's fantastic. Both teams are out on their ass. One team will probably pick it back up pretty quickly, but their rivalries for four years, the rivals for four years, and then that dissipates certainly over time. Boston and L.A., that's a historic rival, but it's an historic rival because they play for big moments. Oakland, Kansas City, those rivalries, you really got to be playing for something. You really have to get there. But the beauty of a college football rivalry is that both teams, even if they won six games going into it, even if they won eight games going into it, even in the old classic sense where it was few and far between where some teams won college football national championships, where it was few and far between, you really have to be playing for something. And that's starting to pick up more and more as we talk about rivalries now in college football. LSU, Alabama, we pay attention to that. We watch it like Hawks. And that's not, to me, even though that those fans would say a classic rivalry, Absolutely. To me, it's been a little bit different. World's biggest outdoor cocktail party, you still got to be playing for something. And when I see this, while I have thought for a long time that this has been the best rivalry in sports, Ohio State-Michigan, over the last few years, that interest has waned. And I thought, how can I call it a rivalry when one side just doesn't seem to take it seriously? I look at Alabama-Auburn. Auburn plays at a different level as Alabama. They've been national champions recently. Auburn, I would love to say, hey, you guys need to be, you guys need to cool it with some of the things you say about your head coach. You guys need to cool it about what you say with your recruiting. You're recruiting in-state against one of the greatest coaches who has ever lived and the coach of the generation in Nick Saban. Auburn doesn't want to hear that. And Auburn, every now and then, goes out there and still wins that game. Auburn has that pride. Auburn has that fight that I don't see with Michigan football, and I haven't seen with, for quite a while. 
And I think that starts from the top down. If if you're a head coach and you're going to recruit at a high level, you can't treat rivalry games if your fan base that does pay their tickets and does buy your merchandise and because you're a state employee, for the most part, does pay your salary. If you're an employee of that state and your fan base takes that rivalry seriously, then you damn well better take that rivalry seriously. And Auburn, while I don't know if they have the I don't think they have the firepower of what Alabama does, they take that rivalry very seriously. And they win that game every now and then. And they win that game and they celebrate like crazy and they go on and they think about what they could do in the future. They're able to get wins over maybe the greatest college football dynasty that we've seen because it's the best athletes that we've ever seen. They're able to do that. Meanwhile, Michigan, I'm I'm close to the situation, but I hear a, I hear an organization, I hear a program that's been full of excuses. Well, you know, we take academics a little bit seriously around here. Oh, okay, because it's an academic school now. I wasn't hearing that during Lloyd Carr. I never heard that during Bo. I, I've always known Michigan to be a fine academic institution. That's not the question. But I never heard that argument while Lloyd Carr was the head coach of that football team. And now all of a sudden you're paying $7 million a year to Jim Harbaugh. And well, you know, we're an academic institution. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess you shouldn't be paying your, high, your head football coach $7 million a year. Maybe you should be paying that more towards going towards academics, especially with what we're dealing with right now. Maybe the Stephen M. Ross School of Business should be getting a little bit more money, even though that Stephen Ross pays a hell of a lot of money for that school of business. Anyway, maybe you should be paying attention to that instead of all this focus on athletics and football, seeing as you're an, you're an academic institution and not an athletic institution. I, I find excuses. Jim Harbaugh can't get his quarterback. Jim Harbaugh, it's an academic institution. Jim Harbaugh, the refs are against him. Jim Harbaugh, well, Urban Meyer doesn't play by the same rules, even though that I've sent my kids all over the world to go have that type of fun, but we don't want to necessarily talk about that. And I keep finding excuses for a guy who's paid $7 million a year not to beat Michigan State, not to beat Penn State, not to even come close to a Big Ten championship, but to actually get a Big Ten championship and do what he was paid to do. He wasn't brought in to lose to Urban Meyer. He wasn't brought in to, to win 10 games or 11 games and then lose to Urban Meyer. He was brought in to beat Urban Meyer, and he failed at beating Urban Meyer four times over. And then he was to take on Ryan Day. Ryan Day may end up being a great college football coach. As of right now, he is nowhere near the cachet of Urban Meyer. He's the head coach of a program that is the cachet of Urban Meyer and was built again by Urban Meyer. He is not that guy. You were brought in, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you paid $7 million a year, you might have been built, paid to rebuild the Michigan program, and he's done so for the most part. But you're missing one critical piece of that, and that's beating Ohio State because they didn't pay you that money, that, that great academic institution that cares about academics, even though they pay you $7 million plus a year. They didn't pay you to go out and beat Maryland. They didn't pay you to go out and beat James Franklin. They paid you to go beat Ohio State, and you haven't done so so far. And I've I've struggled with this reality where it's Ohio State and it's supposed to be Michigan. It's Ohio State, it's supposed to be Michigan, and it hasn't been Michigan. And I, over the last couple of years, have not been able to say that that is the best rivalry in sports like it has been. And I've certainly not been able to say that it's the best rivalry in college football as it's been passed up by Auburn and Alabama. And dare I say... LSU in Alabama. And I think a lot of people in our Southern affiliates would absolutely agree with that. And I've been looking for a spark 
because a lot of time I've heard some, let's call it what it is, I've heard some bitching by Jim Harbaugh, but I haven't seen that spark. And then I had a chance to get that spark as Bucknuts.com reported that there was a, a bit of a some heat between Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh. That Jim Harbaugh on a Zoom call had called out Al Washington in a photo of Al Washington coaching up players before they're supposed to be allowed to coach up players, which was technically yesterday when the Big Ten was going to allow players to be coached up by their coaches. And this was a reference to a photograph that Jim Harbaugh had found online of Al Washington coaching up some players. Jim Harbaugh, none too happy about it. Ryan Day snaps right back, says, you worry about your team, I'll worry about mine. Goes into his players and says that I am going to hang a hundred. We are going to hang a hundred on Michigan, according to the report. And it gets me excited because that rivalry needs heat. Quitty Pay, your own players have said that that rivalry needs heat. Ryan Day was asked that question in a Zoom conference a couple days ago. This is what Ryan Day had to say. Ryan, um, Speaking of Michigan, there was a report from Bucknuts that there was a small dust-up between you and Jim Harbaugh on the Big Ten call earlier this week and that, that you had suggested to your team that the Big Ten might need a mercy rule because they were going to hang 100 on them. I was wondering if you could offer any insight into that. No, I appreciate the question, but I'd, I'd rather not answer that right now. If you're not answering the question, that means you said it. If you didn't say it, you'd say you didn't say it. If you said it and you said you'd rather not answer the question, that means you said it. And I'm fine with you giving us that answer. You don't have to go out there and give me what I want. And certainly, I would love some drama. And I would love some infight, or I should say some outward fighting, between Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day. I would love it. Trust me, I love the drama of it. I live and breathe the drama of it. I would be so thankful for Ryan Day if he would have looked right into that Zoom camera and said, you know what, I said it and I'll say it here. They better be lucky if there's a Big Ten Big Ten mercy rule that we don't hang a hundred on them. They should have a Big Ten mercy rule because when we play them on October 24th, I'm not going to stop at 62 like we did a couple of years ago. I'm not going to stop at 50 plus like we did last year. I'm going to run it up and run it up and keep running it up until I find complete and utter satisfaction. And that means triple zeros at the clock. I'd love him to say it, but I know he's not. You got to keep the classy move to it. I get it. But it excited me. Because I want some heat between the coaches. I want some heat. I want Michigan to be competitive in the rivalry. Because Ohio State fans hate hearing this from me. You need Michigan football to be competitive. You need Michigan football to be good. It means more when you beat a good Michigan football team. We had Dennis Dodd on just on Thursday on my local show in Cleveland. We asked Dennis Dodd about Jim Harbaugh. I thought he gave one of the best answers I've heard in a long time. Here's the question and the answer. Hey, the Ohio State-Michigan stuff got fun yesterday, so we know when the game is going to be played. I guess there was a conference call that was just between the coaches, and it got a little testy. I love it. I love it because on the field, it's not much of a rivalry these days. Uh, but I, I've always thought Harbaugh was great for the rivalry, and to see Ryan Day pick up where Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle left off, that's got to be fun for the rivalry, right? Jim Harbaugh is great for the rivalry. He's not great on the day of the rivalry. Is that fair? As good as you could say it. As good as you could say it. Jim Harbaugh, through his career at the University of Michigan, has done a lot of good things. He's better than Brady Hoke. He's certainly better than Rich Rodriguez. He's done a lot of good things. They average, what, nine and a half wins a season? He's taken them to another level. 
It's Ohio State that's been at another level than that. And Jim Harbaugh, when I hear, well, you know, Michigan's just, you can't be Ohio State. There's only so many schools that can be on the level of Ohio State. And, and I'll hear it. Ken, you mentioned Alabama. You mentioned Clemson. You mentioned LSU. You mentioned even Georgia. Even though Georgia's probably in that mix to a lot of people. You mentioned Oklahoma. Oklahoma's probably in that mix to a lot of people. When I look at a guy like Jim Harbaugh, you've had the nine and a half wins a season. Michigan does play at a high level year, but not high enough. And when I look at the salary, $7 million a year, that's to be. Ohio State, but really it's been to beat Urban Meyer. I look back in my own history, my own history of not even in fandom, but my own history being based right here in the state of Ohio. And when I see Jim Harbaugh, what I see developing here, great record, lost to Ohio State. Great record, lost to Ohio State. Ranked highly, great recruiting class, lost to Ohio State. Folks, in 2020, we are looking at the John Cooper of Michigan football. That is what Jim Harbaugh has turned into, except he's much higher paid than John Cooper ever was. And what we are looking at is what I will call, until he beats Ohio State, what we are looking at is the successful failure. You've won a lot of games. You've brought Michigan football back to a high level. There was a time where you went out and beat the brakes off of Penn State, and people thought, whoo, watch out but you haven't done what you're supposed to do. And when I hear your own players giving good reasons why you haven't done what you're supposed to do and really giving you great advice to do what you're supposed to do, you're no longer the top of the heap. Auburn, Alabama, I can make a thousand excuses for Auburn. Auburn doesn't accept them. They go out and they win every now and then against Alabama. I can make a thousand excuses against SEC teams playing against Alabama. LSU, they didn't make any. I liked Ed Orgeron. I thought that Ed Orgeron might be a lame duck head coach. Hell, a lot of fans up until the last couple of years, until the last year, thought that Ed Orgeron was going to be a lame duck coach. Didn't make any excuses. Went out with Joe Burrow. Had a great story. Won that national championship. Beat Alabama. Did what they were supposed to do. They don't need any excuses. Why, if I'm supposed to hold you in the highest regard, why do I need to make excuses for you? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I've said my piece on Ohio State and Michigan. You know where I feel about Jim Harbaugh on this. What is, have they been passed as that best rivalry in college football? Is Ohio State and Michigan, does it mean the same thing as it did? And does it need something like a couple of rumors about Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern, the great Phil Steele going to join us. Phil Steele's college football preview. We'll talk to him about what's to come, hopefully in a 2020 season, how much that mid-majors could be affected, how much a team like UConn could be affected. Dennis Dodd, again, I talked to him back on Thursday, said he, he thinks that UConn may never play football again, which is a strong statement to say. I understand that. And it's been a basketball school. They're an independent football school. Like these, these are scary times for a lot of those other schools. And 
Hey, I know we pay a lot of attention to Power 5. We pay a ton of attention to Power 5. That's what we talk about. But the beauty of college football is, hey, you get some of these good stories. You get some of these build-up stories. You look at a team like Boise State, App State. I mean, that's part of the fun of that. So we'll talk to Phil Steele coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern. Also, we'll do the top five coming up at 11.20 a.m. Eastern. Danny Vietti going to join us, CBS Sports, or CBS Sports Major League Baseball writer. We'll talk to him because I'm feeling a little bit better, and I'll tell you why coming up here in just about 10 or 15 minutes. Also, Mike Sando going to join us. We'll go over his listing of the elite, the franchise quarterbacks, and the guys who uh, might just be alter also rants. He always has his tiers, and they come out this year, tier one, tier two, tier three, those type of guys. And we'll talk to Mike Sando about how he compiled his list. Coming up at high noon Eastern, I'll tell you about my list. I got a lot of reaction online, 855-2124-CBS about the rivalry between Ohio State and Michigan. And people, they automatically get in because they know where I broadcast from. And, and I don't blame you whatsoever. Because of where I broadcast from, more than enough people say, well, Ken, you must be loving this. And I always have to say to them, I, I grew up in full admittance to you. When I grew up, I was a huge Ohio State fan. That's not a lie. And I lived and breathed it, and I had all the Ohio State stuff when they won the game, when they won the the Rose Bowl in '97 against Jake the Snake. I was all in John Cooper, the whole thing. I remember when Jake the Snake dove into the end zone, and you heard Brett Musburger, the Snake does it again. I ran into my bedroom, I'm crying. I thought that John Cooper ruined another one. Total admission of that. And then I went to college, and then I realized, folks, Ohio State's done nothing for me. Like, if you're an Ohio State fan, that's fine. If you're a Michigan fan and you didn't go to Michigan, that's fine. That's that's not the deal. But for me personally, Ohio State's done nothing for me. The University of Akron has done things for me. My football team at the University of Akron is not very good. There's been a couple of decent years, but it's not very good. But I pull for Akron. I worked at Ashland University out there in the heartland of Ohio. I pull for Ashland University in D2 in, in, in college sports. I'm not an Ohio State fan. And it's been, honestly, it's been liberating because I can look at Ohio State and I can make the jokes. I can talk about Eddie Reif. I can talk about tattoos. I can talk about Jimmy T and the sweater vest and the whole thing. I can do it all. It's been liberating for me. I'm just telling you the truth how I see it. I see one program that has gone on to another level. I see another program that should have the firepower to go on to another level. And and really a coach that I struggle with because I know that if Michigan fires that guy, Say they get my wish and they go, Ken will fire. I don't want Jim Harbaugh to be fired. But if they say, okay, Ken, well, well, fine. We'll just fire him and we'll we'll see what we do. You know, you're in a tough spot there too because you tried Brady Hoke, you tried Rich Rodriguez and this. Boy, if you fired a guy for winning an average of nine and a half games a year just because he lost to Ohio State, that's not very good. That's why I call him the John Cooper of Michigan football. There's some great years with John Cooper at Ohio State. They just lost to Michigan every year. And finally, when they went six and six and eight and four – It just wasn't enough anymore, and that's when they got rid of John Cooper. So as long as Jim continues to win nine, ten games a year, he should be okay. But when you're paying him that salary and when you brought him in for that reason, is that really enough? Because I got people saying, Ken, he, he he beats Penn State, he beats James Franklin. Is that what they pay him for? Walker right here on Twitter. Not a Harbaugh fan, but he does have a winning record against Franklin and PSU. Great. That's what you're supposed to aim for? Penn State's another one of those things. They 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 aim for national championships at Penn State. They should aim for national championships at Penn State. 
Now, I got my own criticisms of James Franklin, but when I look at this rivalry, I'd put three rivalries right there with one team in particular ahead of that, ahead of Ohio State-Michigan right now. Because in this generation, it's not enough just to have tradition. You have to play for something now. Alabama-Auburn, they play for something. Auburn has every excuse in the world to kind of take a seat and wait for Nick Saban to retire. Even though Nick Saban looks better at 68 than he did at 44 when he was at Michigan State, but either way, they have every reason in the world to kind of wait until Nick Saban's done. They don't. Auburn has pride. Their program has pride. Their fans have pride. They win those games every now and then. And hell, they've even have an, they've even had a national championship over the last decade plus. It's tough to do. Very tough to do. And that state against that coach? It's one of the most impressive things you could ever do. And I don't care about how much money you paid the quarterback. Everybody gets paid. You think I give a damn about that? That ain't happening. I would put Alabama LSU above it because, again, you play for something. I would put Alabama Georgia. Even though they don't play every year, I'd put Alabama Georgia above it. You play for something. There's heat. A coach was once an assistant. There's heat there. When it comes to this, I had an assing being done by Urban Meyer to Jim Harbaugh and now his assistant for one year beat the brakes off that guy. It's one thing to lose to Urban Meyer. Lots of people lost to Urban Meyer. Lots. The list is long and distinguished. Losing to Ryan Day, you're supposed to have the upper hand, giving up that many points when that defense carries you. It's a bad look. That means you're rolling over in a rivalry game. When you're giving up that amount of points, that means you're quitting. You shouldn't be quitting in rivalry game. is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's brought to you by GEICO. Did you know that right now GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what GEICO could already save you. So really, what are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com to learn more. Anthony Pirino. Our producer, we got Phil Steele joining us in 20 minutes, but Anthony Pirino has to join us right now. Now, we switch it up today at 11.20 Eastern. After Phil, we'll do the top five. What is the subject for the top five this week, Pirino? All right, it's my first top five, so let's start off with a bang, shall we? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow, you sound excitable, my friend. Yeah. Wow, you sound excitable. You okay? You are really excited to do this. Well, I'm excited for this topic. Woo! 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 My God. All right. All right. Go ahead. The top five porn stars. You can't ask me I'm that. joking. I'm Thank joking. God. I mean, I could do that if you really wanted me to, but no. it is not the time of day to be given the top five out. Go ahead. What is the real top five? You right. wanted to, if I would have agreed to it, you would have went with it, didn't you? I would have. And uh-huh. listen, if there's a big demand for it, you know, we could always get together, do a Zoom together during the course of the week, and we could let it out on social media if people really yeah. want to know. You could do that. Uh, yeah. So we got some exciting news um, about the best action franchise of the last decade. And of course, that's John Wick this week. And Lionsgate announced this week that John Wick 4 and 5 will shoot back to back when Keanu Reeves becomes available early next year. So right now, John Wick 4 slated to hit theaters 
Brewers Memorial Day weekend 2022. So, Ken, I want the top five best movie franchises. Oh, jeez. You know I haven't seen any of the John Wicks? You're missing out, my friend. Yeah, am I? Is that the one with, with the guy from The Office? John Krasinski? Is that it? Who's John? Well, no, wait. John Wick is uh, Keanu, that's Reeves. Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. I haven't seen any of that. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen it. Jeez. There's a lot of action movies that I, I'm still I'm still catching up on. You name them. Like, I've seen the classics. I've seen Die Hard. Uh, I, I took Liz through Top Gun. Uh, last weekend, she didn't. She had never seen Top Gun. I go, well, you are in for a treat. Did she like it? Top Gun. She wanted there to be more action at the end of the movie. She thought there should have been more action. I was like, really? She said, yep. I was like, wow, all right. Like there was, I thought there was plenty of action. You're going against those MIGs, man. I mean, hell. I thought there, I thought there was enough action for everybody involved. She didn't think. She didn't think there was enough action. She said there was a little bit of, you know, 80s, but that, you know, that was the time. That was the way it was then. And I says, okay. So it wasn't that big of a deal. She liked it, though. She thought it was pretty good. I love, you know, I love Tom Cruise. I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. And so it, I love Actually, Top Actually, I did not know that. Oh, I love Tom Cruise. I'm a big Tom Cruise guy. I like, like, I like the Mission Impossibles. And I liked uh, certain Days of Thunder is probably one of my fa- my favorite movies ever because I'm a big NASCAR fan. Yeah, and I love top I love Top Gun. Top Gun is just the beginning of that, and you see them taking off on that aircraft carrier, and it's just so cool. And the need for speed, and you just want to get up there and fly. And one, I'm terrified of heights. Two, I'm terrified of flying. And three, I'm really really heavy, so I can't do any of those things. But for a 90 minutes, I get to uh, I get to really live my my dream there. But I haven't seen the John Wicks and everything. I'm not going to be able to say John Wick. You na- like the whole the DC. I'm telling you right now, DC and Marvel will not be in my top five. Any of them Captain Americas or whatever ain't going to be in there because I. There it is. I mean, come on. You, you haven't listened to this and all of a sudden stepped on the gas and all looked down and you were going like 89. Just the best score ever. Just the best score ever. Comes in on there. They're all up on the deck. You see the you see the silhouette, the silhouette of the great big fighter jet starting to pull out, and then shoot, and away it goes, man. Away it goes. Freaking, we're talking American, baby. We're talking freedom. We're talking kicking ass and taking names, baby. That's what we're talking about in this country. That's what it is. Damn it, I'm excited now. Turn up the logins, baby, and rip the knob off. Kenny Loggins can sing. I can't name many many other songs by him. This is great. Man, you should have, you had to think, like, Messina had to have been sitting there going, yeah, good luck. When you're leaving me, and then he comes out with this song, Danger Zone. It's like, damn it. Because I haven't heard any of Messina since. But I hear Kenny Loggins, baby. This is shooting fish in a barrel right here. What a score. What a song. Pierno, you got to love this, right? You know I do, Ken. Okay, thank God. I was making sure. Like, there's some people, they have hot takes, and they say Top Gun sucks. Top Gun is, Top Gun is an American institution. 
perfect looking, 80s movie. Oh my god, I'm looking forward to you should we should do top 5 movies of the 80s instead of the franchises cuz I got a ton of them now. Oh, this The Breakfast Club. I can sit down and watch The Breakfast Club right now. I'll stop doing the show to watch Breakfast Club. You want to talk about an 80s movie right there? What is it? March 13th, 1984, I think it was. At that high school that that was a high school for like 10 years and then they abandoned it in Greater Chicago. Oh my god. You can still that movie that movie's still timeless. You don't need to play any of the music, Pierno. That movie is still timeless. Still timeless. There's still those kids. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody fit the role. Have you ever seen The Breakfast Club? Yeah. Have you Great ever seen The movie. Breakfast Club, Pierno? Exactly. And everybody fits a stereotype. Sporto. There's 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 John. Hey, smoke up, Johnny boy. You load up, you party. Oh, what a what a movie. What a movie. You know the principal's dead from that movie, right? You know that? Bet you didn't know that. I do know that. Oh, you did? Okay, well. All right. 855-212-4CBS. Sorry. I went down memory lane. Pierno, you can pull it down. I got to get back to business here. I'm sorry. We got, we got Phil Steele joining us at 11 o'clock Eastern. Mark that one for later. Don't do it next week because it's too easy. But top five 80 movies, 80s movies, that's got to be in there. We will do oh, it down the line. God. Oh, what a great movie. Damn. I was born in 86. And I like 80, 80s movies now that I more than I like like movies from 2015. Should have been born in the 60s. Earlier today, now there is some breaking news here, by the way. We'll ask Phil Steele about that. Uh, according to a lot of people, the Mid-American Conference is going to cancel their uh, fall sports schedule uh, for 2020. So that is not very good for anybody. Uh, certainly with the MAC, I got some friends who work in the MAC. Uh, sad to say about that. Sad to hear about that. Uh, it's one of these things that we're dealing with. And again, I'm I'm acting as if there will be some semblance of college football. I hope there is. I'm not going to deny any of the science. I'm not going to deny. I'm not one of those people. Uh, but that looks like that. That's a sad thing. And. The only other thing I can do is I can try to make some light of it and go, hey, at least my Akron Zips are undefeated in 2020, so I got that going for myself. But that that's really, really tough. And, you know, the Mid-American Conference is, is, I would say, a much better basketball conference than it is a football conference. Some people would disagree. Bowling Green fans might disagree. Northern Illinois fans might disagree. Wherever you're at on that, fine. Uh, but I, 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 I've loved Mid-American Conference athletics for a long time. I've loved people in the Mid-American Conference. This is a huge blow. I hope that a lot of those schools are going to be able to play college football coming up in the 2021 season. So I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping that, and I'm just getting some of this information, I am hoping that maybe there could be some spring football, something like that, to kind of to counteract some of it. I'll find out more information as soon as I possibly can. I was encouraged, though, earlier this week, and I know that there, there's already been a game canceled. There's been some games postponed because more of the Cardinals stuff. I still stand on this. What I'm seeing is... The, the NBA has done a fantastic job. The WNBA has done a fantastic job. And the NHL has done a great job. In, in the, the NHL with the different bubbles, but with one bubble, there's a lot of things that are working with those three leagues. Baseball, a lot of people got worked up. And even myself, when I see these stories, I roll my eyes and I get nervous. I roll my eyes and I get nervous. Because if you're going to have pro sports over a long period of time, depending on what we're dealing with with this, and and we hear some of the different rumors about when a vaccine could come out, and we've heard things in India, and we've certainly heard about the Russians and all that stuff. I'm not trying to do conspiracy theory stuff here. I just try to look at where we're at, where we hope to be, and what's as real and factual as possible as we are right now. 
And I see the Major League Baseball stuff that happened last week, and finally we almost we almost had – it says, according to ESPN, by the way, they, they plan to try to play football in the spring. Uh, that's also according to Stadium. They had the first report there about the Mid-American Conference. So we, we might ask Phil about that coming up at 11 o'clock Eastern. I am encouraged by it because from what I'm seeing with Major League Baseball, and, and nobody wants to say this because there are people who are – I will admit, I, I think there are people who are fear mongers. I do think that there's a plenty of people who definitely, who are in my business, they want sports to be back. They absolutely want sports to be back. But because they are, they come from a negative connotation because they must be cynical to try to draw it down the line, I think they do come off to a lot of sports fans as if they don't want sports to be back. I have a strong disagreement with my everyday host, my everyday co-host, and Anthony Lima, who will be on at this time tomorrow. I have a strong disagreement about him with that, with him about that, because there are plenty of guys – Yes, I know. Everybody who makes their living from sports, they want sports to come back. But how you present yourself is how people are going to think of you. And I do think there's plenty of people who are very cynical in our business who come off that way. But what I see, the Cardinals situation and the Marlins situation, where the Marlins were at a gentleman's club and the Cardinals went to a casino and everybody else is okay – everybody else is perfectly fine. And it feels as if where the Cardinals were and everything there, it seems that we're out of the woods about, well, the Cardinals were in Minnesota and they were using the the, the opposing team's clubhouse. And I thought, well, I, I don't think that they're cleaning it with each other's farts. I think that they're actually sanitizing the place after, the, after these teams come. And I think that they're sanitizing them regardless of the times. At least they should be. Because e- even in normal times, you don't want all the other stuff that can be infectious happening. But when the Marlins have a gentleman's club, when the Cardinals have a casino, I think about this when it comes to the NFL. I think about this when it comes to Major League Baseball. And even, dare we say, the NBA going into 2021. If everybody else is okay, is it just too much to ask adults to be responsible adults? Because when it comes to the NFL, it's almost impossible to be able to do any of this stuff in terms of a bubble. It's almost impossible to do. If they really wanted to do it, I think they could, but it's nearly impossible to do. We're talking four months at least because you need time between those games. You can't rush it. But when I see what I'm seeing from the Marlins and Cardinals, I actually become encouraged because if the NFL, it's not just going to be about trying to win championships with the NFL like we think of it. It's also you could cost me my money for the first time in a long time with NFL football players. That might mean something. I don't think it's too much to ask when it comes to the Marlins and Cardinals scenario that in professional sports, maybe we just ask adults to be responsible adults. Phil Steele up next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.